This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys. All right, on this episode of Bare Knuckle Radio, very excited to be talking to an individual who competes at BKFC 55 and in the headline attraction, no less, which goes down on November the 18th. We've got Danny Christie knuckling up and towing the line against Jared Warren, and great having Jared on the show. How's everything going, man? You having a solid day? Yeah, man. Uh, weather's actually quite nice today. Um, just... Uh, just threw old uh, my girl Crystal in the car. She's headed to uh, Orlando, um, doing the last couple little uh, media things today, and then she's got weigh-ins tomorrow, and then of course the fight on Friday. But I still got to uh, stay on our side of the town and and train tonight, and then I'll head out there with her tomorrow. Yeah, and how has that been? Obviously not like quite on the same cards, but similar trajectories and close enough. I would think that would benefit your training. Like obviously you're working quite hard yourself, but just the dynamics with, you know, Crystal there and preparing for her own fights, I would think that, that would pay dividends in a certain sense. Yeah, that's cool because, you know, we are always, uh, you know, both, both training, you know, full time together and stuff. And um, we both kind of know the, the struggles one another might be going through her hers are usually more so on the dieting side just because uh you know she has to cut her calories to properly make weight and stuff and i kind of opted to do what i always do and just kind of fight at a bigger weight class and uh just walk around at my you know fight weight more or less so i don't have to ever diet or starve myself <laughs> but um but yeah, man, it's been good. Uh, the only the only downside to not being on the same card where ours are like just a couple weeks apart like this is um, the <laughs> the post fight celebration. Yeah, like we you know the whole time we're in fight camp, we never go out and have fun or drink or anything. We're just pretty regimented and stay on the straight and narrow. But usually after you know a fight, we want to kind of cut loose and have fun and have a few drinks or whatever. But after she gets the win on Friday, she'll be able to drink, but I got to still stay good because, again, I got a couple more weeks till mine. But I'll, uh, I'll part of the game, I guess. Yeah, maybe have like a big Sally after your fight, like really send her kind of thing. That we definitely will, because you know we'll be in the we'll be in the UK. I think the uh, I think the bars they open a little later over there, and <laughs> maybe uh, go out and have a few with the locals. And is that something you're enjoying as part of this? I know certain fighters maybe are more partial to, I guess, competing a little closer to home. Like, there are certain facets that come with the traveling component. Some people really enjoy that part of it. Like, are you thinking it's going to be a cool kind of thing? You know, have a stamp on the passport and get to check out the UK. Like, how are you kind of looking at it? It's exciting to me, man. Um, you know, there's always, there's always the benefits of fighting in your own backyard where, you know, you're able to have friends and family come out and support you and you know you definitely got people <laughs> cheering for you a lot harder um but that being said you know i've i've never got to spend any time in the uk I, you know the only 
thing I've had was like a connecting flight um, back in like, I think it was 2015. I, I had like a little trip to Paris and Amsterdam and stuff, but um, yeah, I haven't got to spend any time over there. And, you know, overall, it'll still be kind of a, you know, a quick trip. I think we fly out on the on the 14th headed that way, and then we come back, you know, the day after the fight. But um, it is exciting to, to go over there and uh, check out a new country and stuff. And, um, you know, I don't I don't expect anybody uh, that's a local over there to be cheering for me, at least at least not initially. But I, I have a feeling they're like most fans where um, – they just want to see a good fight. So I think once the fight gets going, that uh, the crowd will be, you know, cheering for both of us. Yeah, and it seems like you're still right in the mix. I mean, your last fight obviously ended sort of inauspiciously in a certain sense, but with more so mentioning it just being like an interim title fight. And now you're fighting the number two contender in the division. Like, what were your thoughts when this bout offer came your way? Because it seems like you're, you know, getting to at least advance in the division relative to the, you know, rankings. I mean, they are arbitrary, but still kind of represents upward mobility, I guess. Yeah, I think it's best case scenario because, um, yeah, after the way the the last fight ended with the no contest, you know, I was pissed, we were all pissed, and we wanted to get an immediate rematch, which is what we asked for. Um, but BKFC in general, um, doesn't like to do like rubber matches. You know what I mean? Like they'll, I think I can only think of one time that they ever had, um, a rematch with like less than a year in between the fights. Um, cause they usually kind of like to, you know, again, maybe spread them out, build it up a little bit and then, uh, then have people go back at it. But since we weren't able to get that rematch um this is by far you know best case scenario i uh you know i didn't expect it to to happen the way it did but it just kind of came to came to fruition pretty pretty quickly and i was like awesome man like you know to, to me fighting uh christy is is worth more than fighting dire again anyways um you know he is the the british champ he's undefeated and stuff so I think it'll it'll count towards a lot more um, than fighting Dyer again. That's just more of a personal vendetta at this point. So uh, yeah, this is this is awesome the the, uh, the way this all came about. Yeah, because if we're going strictly by the rankings, I mean, I feel like you win this fight and it could set you right up in there, unless they go with you know David Mundell, who is currently ranked number one at light heavyweight and. Just an interesting sort of state in the division, like just with what Lorenzo might do next and stuff like that. I feel I felt like I asked you that last time and just your thoughts on what could manifest with that. It still seems kind of unclear. Is that sort of, maybe frustrated is the wrong word, but does that create a certain muddled picture for you as a fighter that's mindful of kind of climbing that hierarchy? Or is it just like whatever task is in front of you, you just focus all your energy to that? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, like, you know, whoever they put in front of me um you know i'm not going to turn down but <laughs> with the way the rankings are that they, they are kind of kind of funny because like before my last fight um i was ranked i was ranked third i want to see uh danny christie was fourth and i think Doolittle was fifth 
and Dyer was unranked. And then somehow by, I don't know, BKFC ranking math, we get a no contest. It bumps me down to fourth. It bumps Dyer up to fifth. I'm like, how the fuck <laughs> does that make any sense? <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as the other guys in the rankings, you know, Mundell's my one of my good friends and, and teammates and stuff, so he, he wouldn't even, um, you know, try and jump in the mix for, for 185 at this point with with me uh, heading for it anyways. Now, me and him have made jokes of like, all right, you keep that 175, I'll get the 185 title, and then we'll just ask if we can flip-flop because, um, I mean, I don't know if it's a secret or not, but as far as like walk-around weight, uh, Dave is actually bigger than I am, um, and he just does, you know, a fairly significant cut to get to his his uh, weight class, whereas I just, again, I just kind of wake up, sweat out a few pounds, and call it good. Um, so he would actually probably be a lot more comfortable at, at 185, honestly. And I just, I don't know, I, I I might be able to make 175. I just, I'm so lean um, on my day-to-day. It's just like I don't have a lot to lose besides water weight. That's just kind of how I'm built and kind of how I've always been. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we've always joked about that. But, yeah, otherwise, um, I would like to at some point get a clear answer um, from from uh, Lorenzo and BKFC what he's going to do. Like, if he is going to trim back down and defend it, awesome. You know, let's let's uh, plan for that. If he if he's not, you know, that's okay too. Just uh, go ahead and vacate it, so the rest of the guys in the mix can start kind of getting their ducks in a row, who they might be training for. And and it, you know, it's just kind of been like something that keeps getting put off. Like you know, I know BKFC, they had told us they were trying to, you know, push it for a while. Like, hey, you need to either vacate it, this and that, blah 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 make a decision and he had those aspirations of going up to heavyweight which I don't know if that's still what he's trying to do or if that got you know put on the back burner um and then we we kind of figured that you know he just had that that title defense for the cruiserweight we kind of figured like okay if he if he wins then he'll he'll vacate the 185 if he loses then of course he'll want to want to be more apt to defend it but I think honestly, he's just probably trying to keep the the term, you know, devil champ status as long as he can before he's like forced to make a move. But you know, yeah, we uh, it would be nice if he would just kind of uh, publicly make a decision what he's going to do with it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even entirely sure myself. I mean, like you said, last time was at cruiserweight, and there was that clip going around of him at the Valor BK event with like their new heavyweight champ. LeVar Johnson and also yeah what a joke that was fucking <laughs> like that doesn't even make sense to me I'm like alright you know I, I, I know that that fight was going down like in his hometown so you know obviously he, he was going to be there you know try and get any kind of camera time he can but uh, the whole of them like you know getting each other's shit and squaring off about it it's like Dude, it's two different organizations, and I don't know, like, are you that starved for attention? It's just kind of ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I was fairly confused seeing it myself, but yeah, 
is what it is, I suppose. But we were kind of talking about, you know, the dynamics with your training and stuff like that. It seems like, you know, Shift MMA is just one of the predominant sort of gyms in BKFC right now. Like we've talked about, you know, yourself, Crystal, David, but, you know, Jihad Wingfield with the great stuff he's done and like the strategist coaching capacity, Brandon Allen. Can you talk about like just like that collective you guys have curated there and just like what it's been able you know, to do in the sport so far. I mean, obviously a lot more to do and you guys are goal oriented, but it seems like you guys are one of like the, I guess, prevalent gyms in bare knuckle. Yeah, man. Um, you know, in a, a non-conceited type way, I, I really do think that we, you know, if you ran the numbers and stuff, I think we really do have the best uh, bare knuckle gym around because, you know, some of these, I guess, management agencies, can claim like, oh, well, we've had, you know, X amount of champs or top ranked guys or whatever. But that's just, you know, one generalized company where it's the fighters are spread over different states and different gyms and stuff. Like, we are all in one little hole-in-the-wall gym training together. And, uh, you know, I think the the results have shown that we're top-notch. But, yeah, it's, it's been a... Uh, it's been great being over there, man. I mean, like I said, Jihad really is a great um, strategist and, and coach and teacher, and a lot of a lot of a lot of people just aren't good at at teaching or explaining things. Like they'll they'll tell you to do something that they were told to do whenever they were up and coming, being trained. But a lot of times, they don't know the reason that they're actually teaching such things, you know. And I'm kind of one of those guys, like. If, if I'm told to do something new, um, if it doesn't immediately make sense to me, I have to kind of ask, like, why am I doing it this way? And why would I not do it this way instead? And he's just really good at explaining it to me. And once, once it is explained to me, then then I'm kind of more apt to to, to do it correctly and, and to, you know, consistently train on it. So, uh, yeah, man, we just had a really good, good stable of guys in there and, um, you know, everybody gets along and like, you know, we're, we're always getting after it, but we really do like have a, have a good time in there, you know, always cracking jokes on each other and playing around and stuff. And, uh, typically like, you know, when we spar and whatnot, we, we're usually just going light, you know, uh, working on different kinds of technique and speed and stuff. And then we go to other gyms for hard sparring, you know, that way you don't, you don't damage your own people. You go damage somebody else's people. So our whole, uh, our whole setup and dynamic over there is, is pretty awesome and on point. Yeah, it's just cool to hear, like, the dynamics of how he is able to impart the information to you. I mean, I feel like that's a big skill in being a coach in general, too. I imagine that probably exists in maybe even slightly different ways to some of the other fighters. Like, it's obviously great to, you know, have the knowledge, but, you know, being able to impart it in different ways to different people, because people learn differently at the end of the day. So, I mean, it seems like he would have that there with shift and everything, just that ability to impart it to, you know, different learning styles, I guess. Mm -hmm. And on, on top of, you know, Jihad is, you know, kind of uh, gets the credit of being like the, the, the head coach, and he is, and of course he always stands out, he's always dressed nice and stuff. Um, but you know, we got, we got, uh, two other main coaches in there. Um, we got one guy, Rick Coleman is named, we call him 300. That's been his, his nickname as long as I've known him. And then, um, my other boy, uh, Anwar, 
three of them always, you know, work our, our corners together and stuff. And um, those two, you know, the, the, the other two coaches are, they weren't fighters themselves, but, you know, very long-term um, athletic people and are very, very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. They, they, just, they put their time in as a student of the game. And, um, like, you wouldn't know that they weren't, you know, initially fighting themselves. Like, they, they put their time in, like, when we're off doing our own thing on a day-to-day, they're, they're watching tape and bouncing ideas off each other and um, getting to work with them, like, on a one-on-one basis with, like, mids and even having them, like, <clears throat> you know, corner us during uh, when we do do outside sparring other other gyms and stuff like these guys like uh, have impressed me with with just how much they know and how good they are because that's cornering people is a whole nother art in itself i mean i've i've had a little taste of it and um it's it's harder than a lot of people think because you have to you know you're watching the fight and you're, you're always gonna have a little bit of emotion involved because your person's in there going after it <clears throat> but you have to be able to kind of put that aside and stay present and really look at the nuts and bolts of what's happening and come up with a game plan of well, what are we going to change in between rounds you know coming up <clears throat> and uh to be able to do that on the spot and do it concisely and stuff is is definitely an art and uh all three of them do it really well together yeah, well said, and even from the fighter perspective, not presuming, I guess you feel this way necessarily, but I've talked to a few fighters who talk about how it's almost more stressful to like be cornering someone because they're not like directly involved in the outcome or flow of the action. So yeah, it seems like a different thing for sure, man. Yeah, it is. Uh, when I when I you know jumped in the Crystal's corner when she fought in um, Colorado last year, that was kind of like a uh, big taste have it for me you know as far as like having some emotion and and uh you know again trying to assist at the same time it's definitely a, a whole different ball game man yeah i mean i can only imagine but we were talking about your opponent a bit earlier and you definitely seem acutely aware of him at least in as far he's the uk champion i guess i'm curious to just get your thoughts on this guy's skill set from what you may have seen and I guess just general resume, just with it being three and zero so far, and has a few finishes. I mean, just as you do, obviously. But like, what are your thoughts on, I guess, some of his better stylistic attributes and overall bare knuckle resume? I would say he's he's uh, you know semi technical. Um, you know, a lot of times guys are are one or the other, either technical or brawl. I would say he's kind of somewhere in the middle because he he does use um, you know, some decent head movement and stuff um, when he's on the outside. And, and it seems like, you know, he definitely has a little, um, you know, boxing experience previous to bare knuckle. Uh, but he also does, you know, sometimes when he gets caught up on the inside, end up kind of being a bit of a brawler. So, so I see a bit of both from him. Um, as far as resume, um you know, I would say it's it's decent. Um, the reason I say that is like his his last fight, you know, was a a game opponent um, who had some experience and stuff, and you know, it was kind of 
back and forth at first, and then, you know, Christy ended up getting the win. But his two opponents previous to that, um, you know, it's, you can't really base too much off it. One of them was a debuter, and one of them had only losses, you know. So I didn't, I didn't base too much off those first fights. But, you know, like I said, that being said, his – his last one uh, was legit. It was a good fight, and uh, you know, I got I got respect for the guy, and I don't think it'll be an easy fight by any means. I think it'll I think it's going to turn out to be uh, quite an exciting one. Yeah, for sure. I feel like every time you get out there, and I could extend that to Christie as well. Definitely a ton of excitement and that was the case last time with the Dyer rematch and I'd kind of asked you about that if you had like a visualization for how it might go and you were like oh if I was a betting man I'd say you know probably wouldn't go the distance is that a similar sort of prediction you have for this one I guess yeah I do man uh just because you know in general I would say most most bare knuckle fights don't go the distance and I would say the the higher the weight classes go up that, that percentage probably goes up too. So, um, I, I, even though I've had a few first round knockouts, I don't usually bet on that being the situation because most people can, are supercharged the first round and they can kind of push through, you know, some, some initial, uh, shots and injuries and stuff. But, you know, that being said, you know, I hit hard cuts happen. Um, so it could definitely, it could definitely end in the first. But I would say more likely it's, it's a, a second or third round kind of finish. Well, I mean, I was definitely excited for this fight before talking to you, but definitely, you know, increasing that much more after getting some insights and all. But like I was kind of saying earlier, man, definitely do want to be considerate of your time and busy schedule. So in saying that, I'm curious if there's maybe a final thought you'd want to add as we're kind of wrapping up here, Jared. Um, no, man, not, nothing in particular, just, uh, you know, whenever people do tune in and, and watch it, it means a lot to me. Um, you know, I know there's going to be a, a different time zone and stuff. It's going to be on a, basically a, uh, Saturday afternoon as far as most people I know are concerned, but, you know, and people take their time out to, to, to watch these fights and stuff. And, you know, we, we have a decent, decent sized crew. Uh, flying out there from the gym so uh, that always means a lot to me so I appreciate it and um, you know I, I always promise to put on an exciting fight so if they do tune in you uh, your time won't be wasted yeah I feel like it's going to be a great card overall and just really excited for you know BKFC 55 it should be a great main event against Danny Christie on November 18th but just wanted to thank you for coming on Bare Knuckle Radio, Jared, and yeah, hopefully you enjoy the rest of your day, and looking forward to peeping the fight when it goes down, man. My pleasure, man, I appreciate you having me, and uh, you know, hit me up anytime, you know, just like before I said, I'll be happy to come back on, and um, I appreciate the, the time and exposure. Yeah, no, likewise, man, fun getting to talk to you, you've got a great mind for the game and everything, and yeah, you have a good rest of your day, man, thank you. 
Thanks, brother. Talk soon. This episode of Bouts Talking Bouts is brought to you by Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Winning parlays. If you're looking for them in BKFC, you got to be checking out BK Bet Shark. Here's the thing. $50 buys, you get a personalized bet slip. It's based on your own budget. You can be flexible. It is what works for you. And this guy's got the receipts. You can check out all the winning tickets. You can peep them, and you can do so at Bare Knuckle Betting Shark. Check him out on Instagram, and get with it. Got them personalized betting slips going on, $50 buys.